back to the Superintendent Radio Network. I'm Kyle Brown. I'm starting a two-part episode today from my interview with Craig Kessler, Director of Governmental Affairs for the Southern California Golf Association. Here's the first part of our conversation about the politics of water in California. You were someone that we absolutely wanted to talk to, especially because water is such an important issue. And superintendents are used to trying to get the most out of it, but you know they often don't think about where it's coming from or who's controlling it. So we wanted to talk a little bit about the politics and the legal issues behind water, especially out in California. Just to start, can you give us a quick background on what's going on in the market? Well, I want to preface what's going on in the market with a comment that Tip O'Neill made famous that all politics is local. And I'm going to add to that, all politics is personal. And I mention that because California has 3,000 separate water districts. Now, obviously, some of them are very small. So when you talk about the water market or the water issue and politics, understand that particularly from the perspective of a superintendent or a manager, that while some of the statewide issues that suffuse the debate are important, even more important is figuring out exactly who makes the decisions and who controls your fate, where your golf course is located, and then figuring out which other golf courses in your community are under the same jurisdiction and organize, 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 come together as one for the purposes of discussing your fate or, or your water use or, or, any, or any subject for that matter with those districts. So I probably just complicated the whole discussion, but it is, it is by definition an extraordinarily complicated discussion. And because my job puts me at the center of trying to organize all those communities, the commonality in Southern California is that there are more persons than there are water to accommodate them. That's what binds us. But then what divides us is that the water issues are radically different from place to place and not necessarily in the ways that most would think about them. Can you tell me a little bit about what makes that different then? Why is it important that we pay attention to these things? Particularly if you're from outside the area, persons would be surprised to note that both in terms of price and access, the problem is least troublesome in the Coachella Valley, which is the desert golf courses, than they are in, in the coastal cities, particularly San Diego. And that seems counterintuitive because Palm Desert is probably the harshest desert in North America, certainly the driest and yet the water situation is probably the most stable in the short run. So those challenges in the long run are radically different from the challenges 120 miles away in the coastal areas where Mother Nature does provide some rain, but for where the actual water supply situation is different for a complicated set of reasons having to do with the complications of riparian law, which are layered on top of each other. The rights are literally layered in the West so that some of the laws go back to Spanish land grants, to when this was Mexico, uh, mm -hmm. to when California was a Wild West state with, with a huge territory and no population, all the way until today when it's the number one urban state, the number one state in population, the number one agricultural state, the number one state in the golf industry in the United States, and has these water and has a population that will soon hit 40 million. So you, you add all that together, and what you end up with is an incredible set of complications that the golf industry has to deal with and has to deal with in a way that is often extraordinarily local in nature. Well, let's unwind it just a little bit then. You're talking about water districts. How can a superintendent become more aware of what's going on in their, in their particular district? First of all, the GCSA is very well organized in the state of California with a state chapter and with local chapters, all of which have government affairs committees and all of which are actively engaged at this level. 
but we're organized in, in Southern California so that all of us, whether it's GCSA, the PGA of America, the Southern Cal PGA section, the Southern California Golf Association, Club Managers Association, and I'm probably leaving someone out, out in this discussion, all of us <laughs> work together routinely to come together as one to meet regularly with the major districts and to actually provide a bit of a resource for the media outlets, which have been uh, writing, writing and reporting extensively on the water issues. So for example, um, and, and, I'm, and, I, and I'm the point person on behalf of the Southern California Golf Association whose responsibility it is to organize these groups. So we just met a couple of days ago with Los Angeles Water and Power, which is the biggest uh, public utility in the state of California. And we've been meeting regularly for five years to deal with their emergency water conservation ordinance, to deal with, with a cutback model, which is still under effect, to deal with, at this meeting, uh, changes that we want, to, we want to make to that ordinance. We're working on some of those, some refinements. And represented in that room were the Southern Cal chapter of GCSA. The Southern Cal PGA section was there. Obviously, the SCGA was there. Um, some members uh, out of, of GCSA's nationwide government affairs committee were in attendance, some superintendents from key properties in the area. We did not have the representative from the Club Managers Association at this particular meeting, but not everyone can make all meetings. And we had Pat Gross from the USGA Green section. Oh. Uh, we, we had, you know, on the line, consultants. And, and this is but one of many such task forces that we've put together to meet regularly with these districts and with these providers. The issues are slightly different, but it's always about water, and it's about access to water. It's about coming up with ways for the golf industry to meet the restriction mandates, but meeting those mandates not by getting a surprise memo or opening up the Los Angeles Times, but by meeting those mandates in a way that are fully consistent with the superintendent's ability to manage their irrigation, to maintain 100% control over irrigation practices, and for the club managers and the clubs themselves to be able to do so as in per sound business principles. By establishing these dialogues and working with the regulators, and by implication it's my job sometimes to take that and work with the legislators as well, we're meeting the conservation mandates and we're doing it in a way that works for golf clubs and golf businesses. And the reason we established this practice was in the last drought, which was 2007-2008, we got caught with our pants down as an industry. Mm -hmm. We ended up with what happens is if you wait until too long and you're not having an ongoing dialogue and you don't know what's coming, a crisis hits, politicians have to respond, they respond quickly. When you respond quickly to a complicated problem, you almost always respond badly. So a lot of those things that came from various governments, particularly Los Angeles and San Diego, were simply un completely unworkable for 92 golf courses. They weren't even permitted to syringe green at 2 o'clock on a 100-degree afternoon without being in violation of the ordinance. So what we did was establish a dialogue. And ultimately, we've established a great trust. You know, it's one thing. Uh, the Craig Kesslers, the Pat Grosses, the Jeff Jensens, we all go out and talk about what efficient irrigators we are, the golf industry is, and how environmentally conscious we are, and how, and how again, how efficient we are. And we're paid to do this. Truly, nobody really believes it. it it's a little self-serving. But when we have the conservation managers for Los Angeles and San Diego talking to the media, talking to television stations, going to conferences at universities, and when the subject of golf comes up, they state that, no, you've got it wrong. Golf is among the most efficient of commercial irrigators. They know what they're doing. They came to us. They work with us. 
they've cut their consumption in the case of Los Angeles's golf courses 23% in the last 10 years using 23% less water. We, and oftentimes they'll make a comment like we, if we only all of our industries were as responsible and as conscious as golf. Throughout the country, one of the things that's probably in common is that it's always a bit insular. It's seen as more elitist than it is. It's not always politically popular in state capitals and particularly in, in heavily urbanized areas. But to have, so to in essence have the conservation managers and public utilities be our greatest spokesperson and ambassadors for what we know, what superintendents know we do well, that's the gold standard. You asked, a, you asked a simpler question than that. I think what I wanted to convey is that the lesson that can be learned, because the issues are different in different parts of the country. We deal with all kinds of issues other than waters on a political level, but it happens to be the most resonant issue, and it's the one that unifies all sectors of the industry because it affects all sectors of the industry. But in other parts of the country, the issue may be land use uh, restrictions. Oftentimes in the southeast, it's taxes. And the same principles hold. You need to organize and come together as one. We'll leave off there for right now, but check back for the continuation of Craig's interview, where he goes into detail about how superintendents can have a hand in the future of water and golf. You've been listening to the Superintendent Radio Network, the podcast of Golf Course Industry Magazine, a production of GIE Media. I've been your host, Kyle Brown. You can find all of our podcasts on iTunes or the SRN page of golfcourseindustry.com. Talk to us at srn at gie.net or at GCI Magazine on Twitter. Thanks for listening.